Hello and welcome to Business Lions Pulse podcast that tunes into all things health and pharmaceuticals. I'm Jyoti Datta. Today we talk about Ayushman Bharat Pradhan Mantri Jan Arogya Yojana or the PMJY, a flagship government program that provides health insurance, especially for the economically disadvantaged. Now the program has completed three years, having been launched on September 23rd, 2018 in Ranchi. And it started out to provide 10 lakh families a health insurance of 5 lakh per annum, covering 50 crore beneficiaries. The program has since grown, and we've had 2 crore hospitalizations registered, about 26,000 crore dispersed to support the program, and I think about 16 crore cardholders. But it's not been without its challenges as well, as it morphs into a more universal healthcare coverage. To understand this journey, we speak to Dr. Arish Sharma, who heads the National Health Authority that implements this program, among many other things. Thank you, Dr. Sharma, for joining us. Thank you very much for having me on your platform. Dr. Yu took over the reins of the NHA this January, and that was just ahead of the second wave in that sense. And we saw all that came with it, you know, in terms of the difficulties and challenges hospitals had, patients had, pretty much baptized by fire, one would say. In a sense, could you tell us about your experience and the challenges PMJY went through in this time? As you know, I took over as the CEO of NHA, which implements PMJY, on first of February this year, and it has been about seven months now that I have been here. And my initial, of course, one is that I have never worked in the health sector in my entire career, so it's a bit of a new thing, you know, to learn about. nomenclatures of diseases and the medicines and other kinds of things but then i think i was lucky to have been assisted by a group of very professional colleagues who have helped me in understanding the program and as you said in your introduction we now have 10.74 crore families which consists of 54 crore individuals so that makes it world's largest insurance or assurance or largely health cover scheme and we provide a coverage of 500000 that is 5 lakh rupees per family per year for secondary and tertiary treatment this does not cover the opd so for example if you have a small minor fever or headache that will not be covered unless you are hospitalized for some serious ailment so that's one now the challenges which we had were number one we did not distribute cards which is tokens for entitlement to all our beneficiaries so that's one challenge we need to reach to each beneficiary and give them some token a plastic card to say that yes they are entitled so that's one challenge the other challenge is that the hospitals were a little hesitant in coming over our platform and joining the pmjy because according to them the rates of the scheme the rates of the various packages was not remunerated and they pointed out that some of the rates were one third of the cghs rates so i think there was a need for rationalization of rates that's another part and linked with that rationalization was the need to increase the number of hospitals under the aishman bharat empanelment so basically because unless you have the supply side straightened out you just cannot create a demand because people will not have hospitals where they need to go so that's another empanelment empanelment of hospitals there other issues which actually came in the way of the hospitals empanelment was uh, 
high turnaround time in payment of their claims. So if I take more time than, you know, let's say reasonable time of 10 to 15 days, then obviously hospital fees that their money gets is stuck and, you know, they are not able to be reimbursed and they lose on the cash flow. So these were uh, some of the important points which I had to deal with and we have dealt with that with in terms of patient savings, have you been able to tabulate that? I think last year around, you had said some 30,000 or crore, but then the whole COVID challenge happened and things took a very difficult turn. So is there any figure on that? This is a treatment which is cashless. So patients don't have to spend even a single paisa from their pocket. So right. long as it is within 5 lakh per thousand per family rate, which normally is the case in 95% plus cases. So basically, we are able to cover and yesterday also, as you may be aware, the Honorable Minister basically talked to 10 selected beneficiaries and all of them echoed the sentiment that had it not been for Aishman Bharat, they would have been broke or they would have been thrown out into poverty because, you know, they would have had to borrow money from the money lenders or some other places from their relatives, etc. And, and their interest thereof would have been unsustainable to pay. So that way, I think it has been Able, able to help the poor people. Of course, our, as I said, the first challenge is to reach to each and every beneficiary who is entitled for this program. Because many times it may happen that we are not able to, you know, kind of cover the entire beneficiaries and some beneficiaries, who so they are entitled and they end up paying for their treatment because they did not really know about the Aishman, Bharat scheme or Aishman card. Yes, in fact, that is something that I also find when we talk to patients Either sometimes they don't know or, you know, when it comes to, say, chemotherapy and the recurrent payments that have to be made with each chemo, then, you know, they run into some sort of difficulties there. But I think you're trying to have people at hospitals to try and explain what you call the whole Ayushman Mitra concept in terms of trying to get more people enrolled and understand the way it works. Yeah, we have done uh, three things more specifically. We actually aim to facilitate the awareness creation, facilitate identification of beneficiaries, and also facilitate them at the time of the treatment. So one is that we have now started a scheme called Ayushman Aapke Dwar, which essentially tries to create as many cards of people as possible who are entitled for this scheme. So that's one part. We also have started recognizing the efforts of the NGOs or the civil society groups or individuals who are helping in this process. So we call them Aishman Mitras. So after registration, you can become an Aishman Mitra. And the whole idea is that then now you can get the cards created for people who are eligible and they can give your reference code similar to, you know, when you open a mutual fund account and they ask you who is your relationship manager and who is the person who has facilitated you. So once they give that kind of reference code of the Aishman Mitra, similarly at the time of going to the hospital, if the Aishman Mitra helps them in getting the admission and then they give the reference. So therefore, such references will constitute the actually service delivered by the Aishman Mitra. And we will be able to provide him a certificate or some other small goodies or some kind of incentive to say that he is the person who has been helping the society and has known people to access the Aishman Bharat benefits. That's number one. Number two, what we are also doing at the hospitals is that we are, especially for the public hospitals, we are appointing agencies who can provide us one person at the hospital 
whose job will be to ensure that anybody who comes just to inquire his details and see whether he is entitled for Aishman or not. In case he is entitled, the person will be able to create his card immediately if he doesn't have the card and then register him and then do everything possible to ensure that he gets a good treatment. Finally, he will be able to submit the claims to the authority, to the state health authority. And once the claim is settled, he will get a fixed amount against that as a reward for him. So it becomes an incentivization scheme for that person. So this way, with a very small cost, he will be able to ensure that more and more people are able to take advantage of Aishman Bharat, especially in the public sector hospitals. And public sector hospitals in turn will be able to get the reimbursement money, which they can use for their own infrastructure, for their own you know, improvement in the delivery of services. So this is the you know, second part which, which we are uh, ensuring. Uh, so Aishman Mitra, generation of board cards, and facilities and agency at the hospital. These are three steps which we are taking. You know, we can spread the program much wider than what it is now. You've had about two crore hospitalizations till now. Now you're also looking at increasing that to three crore admissions, 50 lakh per year from what I understand. What is the rationale behind that? No, there's no target-driven approach. Let me clarify this. We don't want to get sick just to increase our targets. You know, that should be very clear to everybody. So the idea is that because we have not been able to cover every entitled person, the increase in coverage will obviously result in increase in the people availing these services. So that's the estimate which we are putting, not a target. I think there is a scope for sort of at least making this whole hospitalization at least twice because there is a scope of identifying further 50% beneficiaries in the existing target group itself. So that being the case, I think we should be able to achieve that kind of numbers. But I certainly want to tell you that we are not having any target because we want everybody to be healthier. We want nobody should be admitted in the hospital. So that's our target is zero. But the question is that people do get sick. People do get admitted to hospital. People do have to spend money out of pocket. And we need to ensure that out of pocket expenditure becomes zero through Aishman Tarpistin. Also, Doc, you've also said that you're not very for these treatment packages, but at the same time, there's a revision of bringing in more diseases and illnesses under the whole coverage of Ayushman Bharat. So we had about 1600 procedures that are being covered. So what is the way forward in terms of the whole HBP 3.0 as it is and the inclusion of more diseases under this? This is an incremental and continuous process. It is not some kind of discrete and one-time process. So as, as you know, new problems will continue to be identified, which do not fall under any category of the existing health packages. Then we will continue to create new benefit packages. That's number one. And number two, what we are doing is this HPP1 and HPP2 and HPP3.0 is actually a part of that same system of rationalizing the rates. We are able to keep the rates similar to or close to the market prevailing rates rather than having them very unrealistic and finally no hospital accepting them. After all, our beneficiaries must also be treated like VIPs in the hospitals. So we cannot be you know, treated like somebody who is not wanted in the hospital because we pay less money. So I think that should go. Of course, the hospital must also realize that we are the ones who are giving them volumes. So while they may have 10 rupees from one person, but if I am purchasing, let's say, 1,000 items, then obviously there should be some discount for me. So they should not expect 100% 
you know, compliance. If the if the rates are 90% or 85%, that should also be good for them because it provides them volumes. However, we are very conscious of this fact and we are always trying to realign ourselves with the reality in the market. That's, you know, that brings me to my next point, something that you all have mentioned also, and you also mentioned it in terms of the bargaining power for the government, as you get more schemes consolidated under one umbrella, is that really working for you now? Are you able to get medical devices and, and medicines and all of that at, at better procurement rates from the companies? Well, uh, the, these are early days, number one. Number two, as you know, we don't procure medical devices or medical equipment, etc. because that's not our job. We basically are reimbursing for the packages of the treatment done. So similarly, the convergence of other schemes like CGHS, CAPF, and ESIC, etc. Those convergences are happening on in, in terms of use of IT platform of the NHA for settling their treatment bills, etc. That's that's the broad purpose. So what we are saying is that to that extent. Because we are now bringing them onto a common platform. I think NHA or the government in general will have better bargaining power. That after all, you cannot just pick and choose. You can't say that I'm ready to be empanelled in CGHS, but I'm not ready to be empanelled in PMJY. Because you know you can't pick and choose. You can't do cherry picking. So basically, once we bring volume to you, and once the rates are also quite similar, you should not really be picking one against another. So this is something which I meant by saying that we will have better bargaining power. And getting diagnostic labs and networks also into the fold, is that already underway? Currently, what is happening is that our health benefit packages, they include diagnostic and other treatment tests. Now, what happens many times, the hospitals don't have those diagnostic facilities, many of them, especially in these small towns. So then they ask the beneficiary to go and get the x-ray done from somewhere else. Now, when the beneficiary goes, typically, the hospitals don't pay for it. It is the beneficiary who pays for it, which basically contradicts the basic hypothesis of, you know, not spending any money out of pocket. So what we are doing is now we are, e-rupee was launched by the Honorable Prime Minister on 2nd of August last month. We are using e-rupee vouchers we will be using to kind of provide money to that person to, to get the X-ray done. And in that process, we will also empanel diagnostic labs also. So, Doc, now you have 24,000 hospitals empaneled, of which about half of them are private hospitals. You are looking at getting more private hospitals empaneled. So, have they come forward or are they still sort of, you know, holding back because of the rates, you think? Is this a difficult line to walk, keeping it affordable and getting private hospitals on board? No, I, I think this is not. If you can strike a right balance and if you can actually harmonize the incentives of various stakeholders, I think things become easy. So I, I, am, I am very sure that now with the quick disposal of their claims, rates becoming nationalized and a very good and very simplified transaction management system at our end, I think more and more hospitals will feel attracted towards joining the Aishman Bharat family. And you were also looking at convergence. I mean, this is your pet project in terms of data and convergence of platforms and all of that. Looking at convergence of the various government schemes into the whole overall platform and also branching out and looking to cover, you know, unorganized sector, construction workers and, and all of that. How is all of that proceeding? We've seen what has happened with the Central Armed Forces and ESIC. But, uh, what as, I, as I said, these are early days because we started this sometimes this calendar year itself. 
since January onwards. So I think it's not really very large, uh, long period. And of course, you have had, you know, the second wave of Corona where everything got became toxic early. So in a way, it's early days, but but I am very sure about the basic uh, assumptions about convergence are absolutely valid, and I think we will be able to we will be able to you know sort of provide better healthcare at more affordable rates and better bargaining power for the government, probably sort of incentivizing the investment in the healthcare sector. So I think all those things will happen. In terms of the unorganized sector as well, in the construction workers and all of that that you mentioned. Absolutely. So long as we identify them, so long as we have their data, and so long as we can reach them, I'm sure we will be able to. We will also be able to provide them some tokens, some cards. Uh, that's not a problem. So a huge segment of people who remain unspoken for in that sense is the middle class or the missing middle class, as you all have called it. There were plans to cover this segment also in terms of some sort of co-pay arrangements, and all of that was being looked at. Any progress on that? No, I will not be able to share any updates on that because this is something which is still at the ideation stage. And in terms, you think to expand to diseases, in expand your footprint in that sense. Would that mean more finances as well in terms of the budget support for Rajeshman Bharat? I think this year you all have said you dispersed about twenty six thousand crore. Um, you know, any any financials you can. Uh, no, I, I, we, we, we have not had any financial difficulties at all. At the, the honorable prime, this is a you know flagship program of the honorable prime minister, and and we have had absolutely no difficulties. The finance ministry, uh, the cabinet secretary, and all the you know officials who, who deal with this issue are honorable ministers, for example, the prime minister himself. Everybody has has been quite quite focused. And yesterday, if you watch the Aishman and Arogumantan. The initial uh, program or initial the launch of Arogumantan by our honorable minister. You must have seen how keen he is to ensure that we we ensure that uh, the poor people and the marginalized people do not have to spend anything out of pocket once they in case they have any catastrophic health event. One final question, doctor, in terms of the journey towards you know universal healthcare coverage. So, how will how are you proceeding towards that? I think these experiences we have had in the last three years, they will be a very important guide in in actually uh, sort of uh, forming up our strategy further. I will not you know sort of venture to to you know talk about the universal health coverage. Uh, being undertaken by the NHA in somewhere in near future because that that's a policy issue of the government. But I think we are uh, we are able to improve the affordability, the access, and the quality of health.